Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today and enjoy the message. Disappointment, this whole series has been around disappointment. And unfortunately for all of us, no matter who you are, no matter what you believe, disappointment is something we've all experienced. Uh, the last 18 months, it, many of us have had just sometimes countless, uh, overwhelming, compounding experiences of disappointment. And uh, it's what we know and what we've kind of discovered and just kind of been honest about is sometimes disappointment's light and it's not a big deal and we can get over it. But sometimes the, the weight of disappointment is so heavy that it just shatters us. And it leaves us broken and it leaves us trying to figure out how do we really pick up the pieces to this can I move forward? Should I move? What does that look like? And, and how do we do that? And, um, and it's been great. I, I want to say thank you. So many of you have shared feedback with us that this series has really been helpful. Has it been helpful? Can you, can you let me know if this has been a helpful series for you? Yeah. It's good. I, we, um, we hoped so. And that today, this, today, I believe, will be a great, uh, great day to finish it. Uh, like I said, we've all experienced disappointment. So whether you're walking through a heavy season right now, or you're, you, you have one in the future, we hope this can be a resource you can always kind of come back to and know that you've got in your back pocket uh, for when that day hits. Uh, we actually, as a family, we had a moment where we experienced a shattering. Uh, my wife, Hannah, uh, who normally would be up here and helping lead on uh, Sunday, uh, she broke her wrist, her, uh, actually her arm bone, and uh, she broke it. And uh, I, I want to show you a picture if that's okay. If you're squeamish, yeah, that's not her break. No, no. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I, they wouldn't give us a picture of that, so I just found this on the internet. But she did break her wrist, and um, I know y'all are like, "Ee!" Um, uh, so, um, <laughs> anyways, um, so uh, she broke her wrist. She had to have surgery this week, uh, and but you know what? We have a real life. You could probably take that picture down. I think people would appreciate that. Um, you have a. We have a real life example of when too much weight is put on a stress, uh, a pressure point, and it just shatters everything. And the shock of that moment, the shock of going to, um, going to the doctor expecting a cast and walking away hearing, okay, we've got you scheduled for surgery this weekend. You know, those kind of things. I just, whoa, 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 where are we going? What are we doing? Um, who's doing your hair? I'm doing your hair. Are you sure that's a good idea? Um, but hey, our marriage is stronger and better. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I shouldn't lie up here. Okay, so, um, but it will be once she can do her hair again. So um, anyways, the reality is we, we, get, we face disappointment in, in a lot of different areas of life. Um, but I think one of the places where it can really be the hardest to take and the heaviest to carry is in our place, a place of significance. You know, something I know, and I bet you know it too, it's hard to find significance, right? It's hard. I mean, it's hard to to really, in eighth grade, know exactly the way you're supposed to line up all your classes through high school and middle school so that you line yourself up for a career that will fulfill you for the rest of your life, right? Anybody? Like, that's hard. That's just, it's hard to find significance. It's, it's hard to, to kind of get into the right, the right job. It's hard to get into the right environment, even in a career field, to find the right boss or to find somebody who sees you and values you. It's hard to, to find those things. If, if you're a parent, it's hard to spend 20, 30 years investing 
in this man child and this woman child and, and shaping them and caring for them and taking, you know, staying motivated through the years and really getting to the end and feeling satisfied. Like, man, this was significant. I made a significant difference in their life. It's hard to find significance in lots of different ways. But what's even harder is when significance is taken away. When you've worked and worked and you did find significance and now in a moment, it's gone. And that can happen to any of us for a lot of different reasons. It can just happen through circumstance. Maybe you are that, that mom or dad and you spent and invested and poured all of your life into this child and you love them and care for them and help them. You, you might have written a few college essays. We won't tell anybody, but you, you are all in on them and now they are gone and they're on their way towards life and you're an empty nester and you're kind of like, man, I just, that place, you didn't realize how significant that was to you and now that it's gone, I mean, it's hard to live there. Or maybe you are, um, you are finally in retirement and you have been anticipating this season of life, all the joy, all the freedom, but now that you're there, you realize that you had so much of your significance wrapped up in what you are doing and producing and accomplishing that now, now you're in a space where you feel insignificant. And you are waking up surrounded by depression and discouragement. And you thought, man, this is not what I anticipated or what, how I thought this would go. It's hard when significance is taken away. Maybe you're not in those stages of life. Um, maybe you've a, 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 you got little kids in the house. And so you have had this dream of being a parent, but, but you didn't realize what that was really going to cost you that for a few years, maybe even a decade, you'd have to put all the other dreams on the back burner. Anyone ever felt that way? And you just have this moment of like you're watching your peers, your friends, and they're moving forward in their career. You're, maybe you're frustrated because your spouse is moving forward in their career, and you know you're smarter than them. Like, everybody knows that. <laughs> Come on. And you're like sitting there like, man, I just, I'm stuck. I just, I'm, I'm stuck in insignificance. And you're not, it's not that you're disappointed about having kids. That's not it. It's just, it's just hard to escape that fear of like, is this it? Did I, did I miss it? Sometimes our circumstances can kind of steal some significance. Sometimes that can happen because of things we do, just, just outright our own choices. That college we did not go to, that, that degree that we chose to switch junior year, and we thought, oh man, I can't believe I did it. If I would have just stuck with it, maybe it's that person that we did not marry or that, um, that relationship that we, we kind of burned that bridge, and now we're looking back and we're like, man, I really, I really messed up. That's when disappointment sounds a lot like regret. And then you're battling, man, what ifs, all the what ifs, man, what if this would have worked out? What if I wouldn't have done that? Can I tell you, that's a battle I have faced for years. I didn't go to college right away. It actually took me 10 years to finish my undergrad. And I was in a season where I just constantly saw everyone else moving up above. And I just, I had to fight for years, this feeling of being left behind, this feeling, and, and it was my choice. I mean, no one made me do it. I did it. And it was this, this battle with regret. I know that fight. I know what it feels like when that sense of like, man, there was opportunity for significance, and I let it slip. 
Sometimes that's how we lose it. Sometimes it's by our circumstances. Sometimes, unfortunately, our significance is taken away even before we have a chance to go for it. Sometimes it happens because of the way someone treated us. We were wronged, or we were abused, or we were used. And we didn't even have a chance to take hold of that dream and to try to chase it. It's hard to find significance, but you know what? It's so much harder when the significance that was there is taken away. Right? And what do you do? What do you do when the very purpose, the, the thing that kind of the motivator, the drive inside of you is just shattered and you are left feeling the weight of insignificance? Man, I don't know if there's a heavier weight for anyone, anywhere to bear. And when you're in that place, it's so hard to know, man, it, to even feel like you can move forward, even feel like there's a, there's a way forward. But can I tell you today, I want to show you so that no matter where you are, no matter what circumstance, no matter what took your significance away, you know that there is hope for you. And not just like flaky hope, not just hope that's shallow and that this doesn't mean anything, but real, solid, grounded hope that you could stand on no matter what you've gone through, no matter what has been taken away, no matter what regret you have, no matter what death you've experienced or kind of grief you're just walking in, it does not matter because there is hope. And I want to show you how you can actually take your first step forward in that place. Is that good? And I'm going to do that by showing you uh, and taking all of us. We're going to look at a story of someone who experienced this very thing we've been talking about, where all of her significance was taken away in a moment. Her name is Mary Magdalene. And I want to take you to that day when everything was shattered. But before we do, just kind of to back it up, you might not know that name, um, but she was actually uh, super integral in Jesus's uh, world. In fact, um, we learned that she was one of Jesus's insiders. I don't know if you know that. We talk a lot about this group of 12 guys who walked with Jesus, but there were also three women who traveled everywhere with Jesus and the 12. And these three women, Mary Magdalene was one of them. We learned that. We learned that it was their, her job. She took care of everything because you know those guys, they could not, you know, just think about it. I mean, 13 guys going to walk, nobody knows what's going on in five minutes. I mean, you know, just they had to have someone to help kind of guide. And so, um, and so Mary was one of those three. Mary actually provided for them, cared for them, supported them out of her own means. But that's just not where she started. Where she started was she met Jesus, and Luke 8 tells us this. Actually, let me back up. All four of our gospel accounts record this about Mary Magdalene, that Jesus delivered her from seven demons. AKA, she was weird. <laughs> she was messed up, man. Nobody was around her. And then she met Jesus, and Jesus didn't just set her free from her past. No, now she's got a new purpose. Now she's on the inside circle of all inside circles. She is right there in the middle of everything, the middle of this movement, man. And she has got it all. She's found that new significance, she's found that new purpose. And all of that was going so well until the one night when it all got shattered, the night that Jesus was betrayed by his closest friends. 
He was denied. He was arrested. He was beaten. He was sentenced to death. And that night, all of his 12 insider buddies, they all ran away. But not Mary. Mary was there. Mary was there when Jesus carried that cross up to that hill. Mary was there. We know it. We can read the story. Mary was one of the people who was there next to Jesus' mother as he was being crucified. Mary was there. She was one of three people who was there when Jesus' body had come off, the, his dead body had come off of the cross and was put into a tomb. Mary was there for everything. Man, in that night, when everything shattered, when everything in a moment, man, she had lost everything. And it, imagine her shock. Imagine what she's going through. I mean, this was supposed to be the next king. This was supposed to be the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And now here's his dead body right in front of my eyes as it's set in a tomb, and the stone is rolled in front. Mary goes home that day. And because of Jewish law, it's the Sabbath. So for 24 hours, she can do nothing but sit legally. She's not allowed to do anything. She has to just sit in the middle of her depression, of her dis disappointment. And, and I, just, I just picture her. It, it had been 24 hours, and the next evening, it would have been Saturday evening, she was allowed to start moving. And so that's what she does. We learn that in John's gospel. She gets up out of the, after the Sabbath, after the sun went down. She went and bought these uh, embalming spices and perfumes, super expensive, and she bought them. And she went home, and she spent hours preparing them so that the next morning, when the sun was rising, she could go and, and go into that tomb and she could figure out how to embalm Jesus and how to take care of his body. It's what she did, right? I mean, that was her purpose. It's what she did. And, and maybe this was just one last chance for her to kind of live out this purpose. Maybe when he died, she still had a chance to kind of live in this place. So that's what she does. She wakes up early the next morning and she goes and she, she decides, I'm going to go and I'm going to make sure I don't know how to move the, the stone. I don't know what's going to happen, but I've got my stuff prepared and I'm going to go. So I just want you to go with us as we watch Mary and what she encounters this day. It's in John chapter 20. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb. And we know from the other writers, she was the first one there. She went to the tomb and she saw that the stone had been removed. What would she think? Man, where does she go with that? Feel where she's at. See what she does. Listen to her response. This next slide. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. Man, she was broken and weeping and alone. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been. And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? Listen to her answer. They've taken my Lord away. Man, she is not thinking resurrection. She's not thinking miracle. Jesus even said this would happen. She doesn't think it. Nobody's ever done this. What are you talking about? I saw his body come off the cross. I saw his body being put in this tomb. But somebody, they have taken my Lord, and I don't know where they put him. Man, I can just hear her. I, I can just see her in this moment, the disappointment, the despair she feels, and, and then the fear of regret. This isn't in the story, but I just know Mary's like you and me. Man, I know she goes to second guessing. All these what ifs, man, what if I should have been here earlier? I should have just I, 
forget the, the Sabbath law. I should have just gone anyway. I should have prepped it earlier. What if I had been here? What if I had seen? Maybe, maybe they wouldn't have taken his body. Maybe they wouldn't have stolen him. There's so many things. She is, she's running like this. It's so much so. It's all she can hear. It's all she's thinking. So much so that she turns around and she sees Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize it was him. He even spoke to her, and he said, woman, why are you crying? He asked her the same question that the angels did. Who are you looking for? Thinking that this man was a gardener, she said, sir, listen, I don't care what you did with him. I don't care who took him, but if you carried him away, can you tell me where you put him so I can go there, so I can get him? What's she going to do, carry him? No, no, no. But she's going to fulfill this last moment of significance. This wasn't just about saying goodbye to Jesus. This was about for her being able to do exactly what she was made to do, what she felt. This was my purpose. This is, this is where I was at. This is where I had identity. I had to be there. Mary is there. And I want you to notice, it's not that Jesus wasn't there with her. And it's not that Jesus wasn't speaking. But sometimes disappointment and despair can be so loud, it's deafening. You cannot see what's right in front of you. You cannot hear what's all around you. You are just stuck. It's, it's right. It's so consuming. I mean, Mary, she was weeping. She was alone. And the center of her very being was bursting. It's all she knew. And for some of you, and you know this is a story about you. You know what Mary feels. You know that moment when, man, it has been so deafening. All you can hear is this despair around you. All you can see is the disappointment in front of you. And it's not that God's not there. Come on, Nuko. It's not that God's not there, and it's not that God's not speaking. But he gets it. He understands that sometimes the pain and the grief we face, it is so deafening and so deadening. It's all we can see. But God, you need to know this. Listen up. God will not leave you there. God will chase you down and make sure that you do hear his voice. It doesn't matter how dark the hole is. It does not matter how deep the despair goes. God's not going to leave you there alone. He's going to make sure that you hear his voice. He's going to make sure that you know he knows his name, your name. He knows who you are. He sees you and he cares for you. And that's who he is. And that's exactly what he does from Mary. Look at what Jesus says next. He says her name, Mary. That's all he had to do. All Jesus had to do was call her by her name. Let her know, hey, I know who you are. In that moment, Jesus doesn't just speak a name. Jesus doesn't just call her again. Jesus reaffirms, I've got you. I know you. Your identity is not in your circumstance. It's not in this despair. It's not in this disappointment. It's in me. He calls her by her name, Mary. And that is the moment. The moment that she hears the voice of Jesus call her name is the moment that blindness is removed and every sense of deafness it disappears. And she finally realizes, look what it says next. She finally realizes who it is. Let's go to Mary's response on this slide. He, she says, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Mary runs to Jesus. Don't, don't put that one up. I, I, I faked y'all out. Mary runs to Jesus, and she takes hold of him. This is what's so important, though, for you to hold on to. Look at what Jesus says. 
Mary runs. She realizes it's Jesus, and he speaks to her these words, don't hold on to me. Don't hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to the Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Man, right there in that moment, Jesus speaks to Mary, and he calls her by her name, and she takes hold of everything. Man, she did not know that this could happen. She did not know the resurrection could really happen, but this was not about Jesus's resurrection. Man, I am so glad that John left this story in his gospel, because this is 100% about Mary's resurrection, the fact that she experienced firsthand the resurrection power of God. Because Jesus tells her, don't cling to me. Man, Mary, don't just hold on to me because it's what you know. Don't just hold on to the past because it's all you've ever experienced because it's what you thought. No, instead, I want you to go. I want you to go and share. I want you to go and tell. Can you imagine this moment? Mary, a woman who had been set free from seven demons, a woman who nobody in her culture would allow to be a witness. Now she was called by God, the Son of Man, resurrected to be the very first person to be a witness of his resurrection power. To go, come on, yeah, and tell the world, to tell the 12, Jesus is alive. Nobody in her culture would have given her this kind of right. Nobody in her world. Man, this was unfathomable. There's no way this could happen for Mary. But Jesus, man, man, you just got to know. Whatever you think is so impossible, Jesus can stare that in the face and bring resurrection power to that in your life, and he can cause you to go instead in something new. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it beautiful what Mary receives? She is the very first woman of the entire movement of Christianity. She is the very first person, the very one God handpicked to be the first witness, to tell the 12, to tell the world, to tell you and me that there is power in the name of Jesus, that every promise he put up, he backed up because he rose from the grave. But here's the thing about this story. For Mary, Mary would not have been able to take hold of this new purpose. Do you feel that? New significance? Man, I I wish, man, talk about a hall of fame. You you can't imagine what this moment would mean for her. Mary could not have taken hold of that, though, if Jesus had not died. In other words, for Mary to experience this new life, this new purpose, this new significance, something had to die. And she had to take the brave step of being willing to let go, not cling to everything she knew, not cling to everything in her past, but to let go so that she could openly receive the new. And man, she got to experience it firsthand. So here's why this story is so important for you and for me. This is why I think it doesn't matter where you are in the, I get it. And and if you had a minute to tell me your story and your disappointment, listen, this is not making that pain unreal or that grief unreal. I hope you hear that in Mary. And this is so real for her. This is not just a fairy tale. No, this is real life. She was really in the middle of that. 
And whatever you're in the middle of, you've just got to know this one truth, this one insight, that the only way for you to really experience the resurrection power of Jesus in your own life is for something to die. Every week we try to give you one thing to know, and this is the one I want to give you. It's this, that death is the only road to resurrection. A little sobering, huh? But think about it. There's not any other element. There's nothing else that can lead you to a moment of experiencing the resurrection of God firsthand, to really knowing it and seeing it. Death is the only road to resurrection. And that may be hard to hear, but can I tell you, it's a promise that Jesus is willing to back up because he did it himself, because he knows it himself. In fact, I'll say this, Jesus will never lead you into a moment of death and dying that he doesn't have a plan for resurrection on the other side of it. Good? Jesus will never lead you there if he doesn't have a plan to give you something brand new. Jesus is never going to lead you into a space where you've got to let go of some things if he's not going to put something new that's so much greater, that's so much fuller. In fact, there's this promise in Romans chapter 6 that says it that way. It says, if we have been united with Jesus in a death like his, we shall be certain, man. We shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, can you say thank you to God? That's not a promise from me. That's a promise from the one who backed it up. That you can experience the resurrection power of God firsthand. Man, Jesus came not to introduce another religion. He did not come to introduce some kind of philosophy for life. He came so that you could know that no matter what you walk through, no matter what you're experiencing, no matter the middle that you are facing right now, the despair, the discouragement, the disappointment, God is there with you. And he knows how to call your name. He knows how to chase you down. He knows how to cut through the deafening and the deadening silence all around you. He knows how to get to you. And he knows how to lead you to this kind of experience. That you can know he is your resurrecting Savior. He can bring you new life. He can bring you new purpose. He can speak and breathe new, uh, fresh vision and fresh dreams. Man, he wants to do all that in you. But it does require you to do one thing, one brave, courageous thing. It's really just like death is the only thing, the only road to resurrection. This is kind of the only thing that really prepares you for what God could do. And Mary had to do it too. So you're not alone. The one thing you've got to do is you've got to let go. The first step to moving forward for you is letting go. You've got to let go of the past. Man, for some of you, I just felt like as I was praying over today, God said, even good dreams he's given you, you've got to let go of those. For some of you, there's been some, some good opportunities, some great opportunities. And man, there's a lot of good that can be done, but you've got to be willing to let that go if you're going to really take hold of everything he wants to give you. For some of you, there's some good relationships and they're good. But God's saying, you've got to let go of what's good. Man, Mary had to let go of what was good so that she could receive something new. And I just want you to think about it. In fact, 
I know with me, as I, as I read this story and I consider this idea, I just understand that, that this is part of the journey of faith that we all face. All, we all come to moments where we will have to let go so that we can receive. In fact, this is the invitation of a relationship with Jesus. He said it himself. He said it this way in Matthew chapter 10. He says, whoever finds his life will lose it, but whoever will let go for my sake, man, you are the one who will actually find what you were made for and all that you were made to experience. It's such a, such a, easy thing to say, but man, that's a brave, courageous step to take, especially in the face of disappointment, especially in the face of insignificance. But man, I'm just believing that God brought us here today because he wanted to speak right in the face of the insignificance you're facing. He wanted to speak right in the eyes of that disappointment and say, hey, there's a resurrecting power you can know firsthand. And you know what he did with Mary? The purpose he redeemed, the significance she gained, man, do you realize what she experienced firsthand of the resurrecting power of God? Just imagine what he could do with you. Imagine what he could do if you let go. Let me pray for you. Would you just bow your heads? I believe if you're like me, man, God's already been speaking to you about what you've got to let go of today. If there's many in this room, you walked in, and maybe your face didn't show it, but you have been carrying a weight, a weight of disappointment, a weight of discouragement. Some of you, it's been a weight of depression, and you've had to have that mask on just to make it through the day. And it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether that got to you through circumstances you're in or maybe by your own choices. Can I tell you, there's no mistake too big for our redeeming God. Come on, that's a word for some of you. There's no mistake too big for our redeeming God. And there is no death too great for our resurrecting God. And maybe he brought you here today because he just wants you to know firsthand that resurrecting power. And so, Lord, I just lift up your sons and daughters right here in this place. God, right here, before they respond to you, would you call their name? Like you did with Mary, would you chase them down? God, right in the middle of where they are, I pray that, God, clutter and confusion would be dis disbanded, Lord, that there would be clarity, such a sense that they can hear and see you. They can experience your presence right next to them. God, for those who have felt so isolated and alone, even those who are watching, you're not even in the room with us, but you're watching online. Right now, would you, God, come to them that they would know that you are with them and your presence is there in that space with them. I'm telling you, some of you, God has called your name. He's been calling your name this whole morning. You know he's here. You know he's calling. But you've got to take one brave step and just let go. Just let go. Let go of that past. Let go of those fears. Let go of those regrets. Let go of that disappointment. Man, today, I mean, not today, this week, I had a moment 
where I had to just take some time and write down some things that I had to let go of. Just things that were just, I was carrying. Weight I was carrying. I was never meant to carry it alone. I didn't realize how much was in my hands, how much disappointment and discouragement, how many things I just needed to lay down. And God hasn't even given me the new yet. All I know is I needed to make room for it. And so if you need to take that brave step, I'm just going to ask you right here, just raise your hand right where you're at, just as a sign of letting go, right where you're at. Come on, I want to pray with you. Raise that hand. I love it. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. I see you. Yeah. So God, right now, we just pray together for those in this room who are just choosing to let go. Lord, I pray that your grace and your favor would just come on them right now. God, that they would sense, Lord, may they just sense your peace that does overwhelm them. God, may they sense that favor. May they sense that mercy, Lord, that grace for some of you. Right now, God wants to give you forgiveness. You've been holding on to something that you've done and you have not been able to forgive yourself and God is freely offering you forgiveness. Fully paid for, fully covered. You don't have to earn it. All you gotta do is let go and receive it. So right now, God, I pray that God, you would bring your forgiveness and let it wash over their hearts. God, you would begin to set people free right now from things that they've been clinging to for years, some of them for decades, some of them it's been for almost generations. There's been things, and you're just right now, God, you're coming in to take that weight from them. Thank you, God. Thank you for doing that. God, right now, we praise you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Listen, just stay in prayer with me if that's okay. Just every eye closed because I do want to speak to one other group in the room because maybe you just never knew that God wants to be close to you even in the place where you're broken hearted that he's not waiting for you to get all fixed and put together to get close you, you don't have to earn anything from him it's actually the exact opposite that everything Jesus came and lived for and died for and was raised back to life for was so that you could have a relationship with God in such a way that you'd never be alone again and where you could really walk in the freedom that you were made for. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.